0: Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of Drunk Bible Study Bonus Edition, where we're doing a real bonus again, this time for the book of Ecclesiastes. So we just read chapters one through four today and basically read some part of the lyrics to every single song and play and book ever written. So that was cool. A
1: lot of them. A lot of <laughs> yes. them, as we will find out later.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk more about music later in this bonus. But first, let's let let's talk a little bit about just some of the, you know, what's this book all about? What's, what's kind of the, the relevant sort of, I guess, like historical and philosophical parts of this first, and then we'll talk about music.
2: So we talked a little bit about who who Ecclesiastes be, mm, right? We did. Who is this really? Is it Solomon? Yeah. So, and has this book been edited? Are there multiple authors? It's a lot of Solomon if it
0: is. Yeah. Like
2: Solomon here, Solomon last week. Exactly. Yeah, people
0: want to attribute everything to Solomon. Yeah.
2: I wonder what that is. It's kind of like how in the Torah, everything's attributed to Moses. Mm. And then it seems like a lot is attributed to David, also.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, Solomon's
2: another boy. You're
0: like how with Shakespeare, everything's attributed to Shakespeare.
2: Oh, you're right. You're <laughs> right. When, As opposed to
1: some other people, like Marlowe.
2: Well, it's quite yeah, quite yeah. plausible to have ripped off stuff from Marlowe. Mm. All kinds of contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so there are theories that instead of it being King Solomon, could have been a different Solomon.
0: Great! Oh. oh, that's fun. It just happened to have the same name. That's cool. That's yeah, cool.
2: according to, to some Christian traditions, they're just like, no, 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 different Solomon. D- Solomon, yes, but not the one that you're thinking of. Mm, okay. Ready? <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Uh, there's another tradition that states that it was Hezekiah huh. who wrote, I'm going to give you allegedly the CV of Hezekiah, wrote Isaiah, Proverbs, Song of Songs, and Ecclesiastes. Wow. And then some people yeah, have quite the taken that, yeah, and run with it and be like, no, maybe that means that actually he edited
0: those books. Mm, he worked for the publishing company, he, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, cool, he was going cool. through
2: with a fine tooth comb. He's a very prolific <laughs> editor of the time. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He
0: he signed all of them, published their works. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so some ways that we can look at this book. There's other theories that say that there's three different voices not necessarily three different authors, but that there's three different voices. Could be different authors, could be the same author. So the idea is that one voice belongs to koheleth you know, the teacher. Right. And that that voice speaks in the first person. The second voice belongs to koheleth as the king of Jerusalem. Okay. Who oh. tends to speak in these second person imperative statements. Hmm. And that the third voice is like the narrator, the narrator, the, the, how do we like say it. that in American English? Narrator. The narrator. No,
0: that's narrator. it. The narr- narrator. The narrator.
2: narrator. narrator. Narrator.
0: We say narrator. I said,
2: my brain suddenly deleted that word. We say narrator. The narrator. <laughs> Not like that. Narrator. <laughs> the narrator. There you go. <laughs> what a weird word now that I'm just relearning <laughs> what that word is. Is that like a word that people say differently in, in England? They do. They, yeah, they'll say narrator. The narrator. The narrator. Also in Australia as well. Oh, yeah. I like
0: the narrator though. That's fun. And
2: then, Like the mariner?
0: Mm, yeah, that's good.
2: The yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the third voice being the narrator, also known as the epilogist mm. who speaks in the third person. And basically they're just the one who introduces the book and then closes the book. The Morgan Freeman, if you will. Got right. It. Okay. Yes. Okay. So some... Theologians suggest that this book should be read as a dialogue between all these voices as opposed to one unified voice, but maybe Mm. it's a little bit more of a back and forth. Now, the other interesting thing that I found is that we were right in our suspicions that there are claims that stuff was added Mm -hmm. Mm. in order to make the book more orthodox. So I'm going to read this section from the Wikipedia um, it says, the presence of Ecclesiastes in the Bible is something of a puzzle. As <laughs> the common themes of the Hebrew canon, a God who reveals and redeems, who elects and cares for a chosen people, those themes are absent from it. Yeah. So either that suggests that we're working with someone who's who has lost their faith in particular. If I ever... Lose my faith. Mm-hmm, in you. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. More songs.
2: Mm, great song. Apparently, people arguing about the meaning of this book was the topic of some of the earliest recorded discussions about the Bible, specifically the the Council of Jamnia in the first century CE, where they had a jam sesh. To... Yeah, it's, Jamnia. that's good. Uh-huh, and during the jam uh-huh.
0: sesh, they're like, yo, man, have you heard this Ecclesiastes? Like, do you think yeah. that's all one person?
2: So, I guess trying to understand the book, trying to determine does it go in or not, apparently there was an argument at the time that, like, oh, well, it's attributed to Solomon, so that's enough. have got
0: to have it to in. To yeah.
2: say that we should include it. However, apparently there were other books that Solomon wrote that were excluded. What? Yes. Really? Allegedly. How dare they? Allegedly written by Solomon. So, then also, apparently, there's also discussion about the fact that, like, at the very end, and this is maybe a little bit of spoilers, at the very end in the epilogue, we're told in much stronger language, well, you got to fear God and keep his commandments. And, but there isn't really anything else in the book that comes down that heavy handed on it. And so there is the suggestion, like they probably threw that in Mm. at the very end to make sure that it was Orthodox enough and that it fit enough with the overarching message of the Hebrew Bible. Our suspicions are founded. Yes. Yes. Um, and so other people also made the argument, maybe this this book is an example of of skepticism, of the tradition of skepticism. But then other people are arguing, well, maybe, but he doesn't really go off that much on like completely losing faith and completely losing doubt in the goodness of God. It's like a very different thing. Like you said, it's almost a little more Buddhist. It's less about, do I believe? Do I not believe? What is God up to? What is his motivations? And more just about like the futility of... The kind of things that we pursue and strive after as humans,
0: yeah. And the, to think about it as that idea of multiple voices is interesting. We're like, because we're like, wait, but he's saying something kind of different than it seemed like he was saying before. But if maybe those were two voices debating or kind of saying different opinions, or just getting all high and being like, yeah, man. But like, <laughs> right. if you obey God, it's cool. And if you okay. sin, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or some, I don't know. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You know, so, so So. There. That apparently that was a theory also that like, maybe it's just that this really skeptical person is being asked these questions and coming up with these really unorthodox mm-hmm. answers, but there's not, but they're saying that there aren't any explicit markers to suggest that as there are in Job.
0: Right. Job was more clear. We're debating. Yeah. Yes, yeah, right.
2: exactly. So, but we were right. We were on the money about Love it. Sometimes these random little lines come in that are like, oh, that doesn't quite follow exactly what the theme of this book is. I
1: appreciate that we've read so much of the Bible now that we can spot those inconsistencies. Yes. Right. Yes. We're yeah. We're like, wait a minute, that doesn't quite fit. It's uh-huh. good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Love that.
1: So I want to begin our discussion of how incredibly prevalent this book is in pop culture. Yeah. Because my goodness, it truly, truly is. Jace, you're going to talk more about the side of the vocal side of things. Song <laughs> the side, side of, of things. things yeah. Yes. But I want to talk about more like the literary side of things. It's just all over the frickin' place. So the opening of William Shakespeare's Sonnet 59 references Ecclesiastes. Oh. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Uh, T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland alludes to Ecclesiastes. Uh, Leo Tolstoy's Confessions. There's a ton. So I'm just going to do some of the highlights. Uh, yes, the title of Ernest Hemingway's first novel, The Sun Also Rises, come, comes from Ecclesiastes 1 5. Hmm. Uh, there is something called The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton. And that was taken from Ecclesiastes, which we'll get to. Okay. Also, George Bernard Shaw's short story "The Adventures of the Black Girl in Her Search for God" meets Kohaleth, known to many as Ecclesiastes, "quote unquote." Mm. Wow! Yeah,
0: that's cool to make Kohaleth like a character in your piece. That's Definitely, kind of neat.
2: Yeah.
1: Also, in the dystopian novel Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury's main character, Montag, memorizes much of Ecclesiastes and Revelation in a world where Uh, books are forbidden and burned.
0: I totally forgot about
2: Uh, that. Well, if you're going to pick two books to memorize, I suppose those are some good ones. I guess so, yeah.
0: Some exciting ones, at least. Did either of you watch that movie by any chance? The most recent one? HBO made the movie of it recently. Recently, meaning probably 10 years ago. Was that
1: Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Michael B. (laughs) Jordan who was in it. Yeah, I did not. Was it <laughs> good?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, no. I didn't think the movie was that great, but I really liked him in it.
1: I mean, he's the most beautiful man on the planet. So yeah. Yeah, pretty much. He is. Yeah. So uh, the, all of the times, not only are they in turn, 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 but also they're in they're used in many other cases, including the novels A Time to Dance by Melvin Bragg, A Time to Kill by John Grisham, A Time oh, yeah. to Dance. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, A Time to Love by Stevie Wonder, and then the film A Time to Love and A Time to Die, A Time to Live and A Time to Kill. <laughs> so those are all different films. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. The opening quote in the movie Platoon by Oliver Stone is taken from Ecclesiastes. Huh. And then finally, yeah. in the essay Politics in the English Language by George Orwell, they use Ecclesiastes as an example of clear and vivid writing. And then Thomas Wolfe, the author of Look Homeward, Angel, and of Time and the River. He was a massive Ecclesiastes fanboy. Not only did he say that it was the most splendid piece of writing he'd ever encountered, but the most sublime and eloquent poetry in the world as well.
0: Wow, that's wow. quite a... This is
1: Thomas quite Wolfe. Quite
0: some fanboying over Ecclesiastes right there.
1: Indeed. Uh-huh, goodness. Also, yeah, there's in in next week... There's a Gattaca quote, Ethan Hawke, who I oh, love. Oh,
2: yes. You're yes. right. It does open up with a Bible verse, and that's from Ecclesiastes. Yes.
1: Gattaca begins mm. with a quote from verse 713. So, oh, what a good movie. Yeah. Also, it's in Groundhog Day, Platoon. Yeah. And then, oh, something by
0: you too, Jace. It doesn't surprise me at all. There's so many biblical allusions. Action
1: baby? Achtung baby.
0: Achtung baby. Ach-tung, it's in German. Yeah.
1: Achtung baby. Achtung baby. Ach-tung, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, and Tripping Billy's by Dave Matthews. The one that I was thinking about was um typical situation. But yeah, I mean, wow, yeah, so many how so many, many things? things.
0: Yeah, that's why. People
1: love it. They're just obsessed with it. Yeah.
0: So, okay, to keep on Ecclesiastes before we go to our Psalms because we also had songs in the Psalms, which is wild. Uh but to go to this quote that we pointed out where the the rock that the builders rejected became the cornerstone, has been done a billion times in different songs. I actually had a hard time finding ones that were more interesting, I guess, because just there's so many covers of it in so many different styles. Mm. Not not even covers, but just different songs that have that lyric in there somewhere. But the one that, that Dedeker was thinking of is from the soundtrack to the movie The Preacher's Wife, oh, which cool. is a movie that came out in 1996 starring Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. And I remember watching this as a kid
2: and mm. had forgotten
0: that that's where this song was from. So this is, I'm just going to play a little bit of it here. This is uh, Whitney Houston singing this song. This is called I Go to the Rock. And it has uh, some familiar lyrics in it.
2: It's got a lot of play in my house growing up. When there's no foundation stable
0: Whew, yeah, boy. So find me a so I, better
1: singing voice, I dare you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can't.
0: <laughs> I, listened, I was we were all getting ready for the bonus and I was, you know, looking up some of these songs and this one I listened to basically the whole way through because it was just so good. I had to stop myself. I was like, no, no, I have to research other songs. I can't just listen to this. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. It actually oh, gets me so kind good. of teared up. She's amazing. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so so with that one though, this one's interesting because it's it's kind of like mixing that line in with other things. Do you know what I mean? It's like taking those those words about the stone that the builders yes. rejected, but then kind of throwing it into other contexts of using like the rock and the mountain and things like that, kind of combining it with other illusions. And we also have a song from Bob Marley and the Wailers. Mm. Uh, that this one is called Cornerstone. That uh, is also, this one I would say is even more directly pulling from exactly this line here. Oh yeah, very different vibes. We'll always be the head cornerstone. We'll always be the head cornerstone. Yeah, and, and then I was just like, okay, what else do we have? Because there were some like kind of weird ones. I mean, this one's actually really beautiful. This is sort of a choir version.
1: Became the cornerstone of a whole
0: new world. So- you know, there's like that kind of a thing. But then this is the one that I thought was fun. So this is a song called A Stone the Builders Refused. Uh, and this is by um, Earl Scruggs. If, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a banjo player, real famous banjo, kind of bluegrass dude. Uh, and uh, F- Flat is his first name. I forget. Lester Flat. That's who it is. But this one, he's singing about himself as the stone that the builders refused, which I oh, think is huh. kind of fun.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, wow. not bad. I'll, be needed there and I'll get my
1: reward. I'll be a cornerstone in the house of my Lord. I'm just a
0: stone the builders refuse. They try and shake me from a faith, but I cannot be you.
2: I've been and counted out some <laughs>
0: <better treat> <laughs> so I okay. had a lot of fun looking Here. up versions of that song, yeah, I thought that was cool. So now to bring it to the psalms, so in this one, what were the two or were the two songs that we heard in the psalms that we wanted to talk about? It was just the one, right? I think,
2: well, it was stone which the builders rejected, and then this is the day that the Lord has made.
0: Right? Okay, so stone yeah. that the builders rejected—that that was the first one—and then this is the day that Yahweh has made. Is what our translation said, but the way that we all Another learned color. it as little Crizo kids, the Lord is this is the day that the Lord has made. And if you ask probably any person, like if you go if you go ask your boyfriend later, be like, hey, do you know this song? This is the day that the Lord has made. He'll just immediately bust out in song, like we all. This was so drilled in. Okay,
2: I'll I'll do that. Emily's boyfriend, not just anybody's boyfriend. We're talking about. I will. I
0: will ask. But try it though. I will ask. You you listening at home? Try it and see what happens. Ask your boyfriend.
2: Oh yeah, because literally this was this is almost like every song that the builders made. No 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 no. no, no. (laughs) 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 That's good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, this, this is the one we're about to listen to. Oh, okay. This is the day that the Lord has made. The day
2: that the Lord has <laughs> For me, this is like every single Friday morning chapel at Christian Elementary School. You'd open yep. with this song.
0: Yep. And now this version is going to be a bit shocking. It was to me. Um, but this is kind of probably what it was like. Imagine us all as little kids in school today. Okay, so you get the gist of it. It yeah. just repeats forever, actually. just okay. It just kind of goes <laughs> goes forever. But that's a song we all know. But when I first went to go look this up, I found this version by Fred Hammond, who is not someone I'm familiar with. Uh, this came out in 2006, so this is for the younger, newer kids. But just to give you a sense of the start...
1: Whoa! What? what is
0: happening? Yep, this is the same song. It's a cover.
1: Let's wake up the church with this old school jam.
0: Right. I mean, I like that he acknowledges it's an old school jam, right? It's like yeah, we've it's all true. known this one for a long time, right? Wow. And so this intro goes on for a very long time. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. Here we go.
2: I mean to be honest,
0: it kind of makes the song not suck so much.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's it's a jam now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. And that's what I have for you. So I hope that is stuck in all of your heads. I know if you learned that song as a kid, it definitely is now. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that I'm hoping some of you learned something.
1: (laughs) Definitely for sure. Well, thank you, everyone. We learned so much today. I can't wait for more Ecclesiastes. This has been a really like nice divergence from, I think, a lot of things that we have been reading yeah. prior to this. Yeah. And yeah, I'm excited for it to continue for two more episodes. So we will see you next week. Can't wait. Bye.